you back to the Founded on Christ podcast. Uh, reminder that I have my email, Founded on Christ podcast at Gmail, where you can reach out and send in any uh, testimonies or doctrinal insights about Christ that you would like to be put on this channel. Um, as we get started today, um, I was thinking this week about, well, about the law, about the commandments, and the, the interesting nature that they provide for us as followers of Christ, um, what they do, how they are stepping stones uh, to ascension. They teach us the ways in, in following Christ, but how they also in certain cases become stumbling blocks for us in that sometimes we get a little haughty or a little puffed up because of how well we can quote unquote live by the law. And so uh, I want to read some scriptures and uh, to go along with this, I've thought a lot this week about how we treat each other in our weaknesses, um, and how we deal with each other when mistakes are made. Um, so yeah, getting started here. Let's go to Romans chapter two, verse 12 it says, for as many have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Um, and to go hand in hand with this, that scripture, going to Romans 3. It says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall be no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. And verse 23, that was verse 20, I don't know if I said that, but verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Um, and maybe even backtracking a little bit, verses 10, As it is written, There is none righteous no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. There are, they are all gone out of the way. They are altogether become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. And so listening to this, Paul makes a very good uh, argument here between these two chapters about how the law is very unforgiving. It is very unyielding. If we have been subject to it, we will be judged by it. And that none of us are righteous when judged by the law, by the commandments. None of us will be justified by the commandments because the, the commandments actually testify to the universe, to the laws of, of, to the laws of God that he lives by, to the laws by which everything runs, the law testifies to the universe that we did not make it, that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And to go along with this, uh, I've always found this particular scripture to be very interesting. James chapter 2, we're going to read verses 8 through 10. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye will ye do well. But if ye have respects to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law of tra 
you are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. In that last verse, it may seem rather harsh. And also, it might be a little bit tough for us to wrap our minds around that. What he's saying is, if you are guilty in one aspect of the law, you are guilty of the entire law. What does that mean? It sounds rather uh, crazy (laughs) in some sense to think, okay, uh, you've lied. You know, you had a little white lie to get out of maybe an engagement that you weren't really wanting to go to. Uh, You didn't want to offend anybody, but you said, uh, oh, I'm sick, I can't go. It's interesting to think that that puts you on the same level as, say, Hitler, who committed genocide uh, against a people and killed many innocent people, right? It, and I imagine many people are hearing that and they're going, huh? <laughs> you know, that, that gets your spiritual ire up. And it may, it, and to some degree, that is what this scripture is saying. If you are guilty of one aspect of the law, you're guilty of all the law. Meaning, though, that it doesn't matter how much you have sinned because any sin according to the law is enough to keep you out of the presence of the father so before i carry on too far i have loved this parable that i'm going to read next um and though it is mostly about forgiving and that is a huge aspect of what this, what we're talking about here. Um, it also addresses this idea of the law and how we relate to each other and to Christ by the law. And it, it, it in, in my estimation, goes hand in hand with what the scriptures I just read. So Matthew 18, verses 23, pretty much to the end of the chapter, says, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. For as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands upon him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what thou pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he and he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were sorry, and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Should not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother and their trespasses." And this is uh, this is the parable that follows 
that famous line where Peter asks Heavenly Father, uh, how many times should we forgive? Seven? And the Lord says 70 times seven, right? So, bringing this all together, we as sinners, as disciples of Christ who have gone our own way and have by all means been justified to be cast out into the fire of lake and brimstone by the law. Who are we to judge each other over our, as it says here, hundred pence, right? He, the, this servant was forgiven the enormous debt that he would have never been able to pay. And it's interesting that he makes the same, the, that his servant makes the same petition to him that he makes to his Lord. They use the exact same verbiage. And this person, when he bows down before the Lord, he is forgiven of his debt because of the love that the Lord had for him and that he petitioned himself and asked for mercy. So likewise have we who have all been guilty of any wit of the law and now are guilty of all of it, of the full consequence of the law, we petition our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for redemption and for healing and for cleansing of our souls of the taint that we brought upon it by our sin. And that, that debt is far beyond any of our capacities to pay. And he frankly forgives it of us if we truly witness to him that we are sorry. Now, how petty is it for each of us to look at each other for our faults and to, to, you know, crucify in a certain sense each other for the wrong things that we do is our heart forgiving of one another the the universe is being promised to us the kingdom of god is being promised to us if we will bend ourselves learn to love each other and forgive each other and yet we are throwing it away for a little piece of the anthill that we are fighting over. I often think of Jacob and Esau, where Esau sells his birthright to Jacob for a mess of pottage. You know, even if it was in joke and jeering, uh, he gave, you know, he was taking light and he gave something very small or I sorry, he gave something very large and wonderful for something very small and immediate. We may, in any particular moment, in any horrible situation that we're dealing with, feel great and wonderful within ourselves for condemning each other for the law, but what are we actually doing to each other? We are tearing each other apart over ins- inconsequential things when it comes to the eternal nature. Now don't get this twisted. Uh, There is definitely consequences to our actions here on earth. And there should be. 
uh, as using my analogy beforehand, uh, Hitler would have been tried for war crimes. I doubt he would have been had, had the chance to live, uh, after World War II, if he hadn't ended his own life, there would have been natural consequences as a group of people who work to live in a society. There is natural law. There is, there is a certain amount of governance that we need to enact, but how are we forgiving each other for those offenses? And I've, it seems that the deeper, you're right, the, the, the higher laws that are offended, the harder it is for us to forgive each other. But like Paul says, in all actuality, in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter what sins have been committed because any sin will keep us from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So at this time, you know, and I've, I've been personally, I've witnessed a lot of, of turmoil, uh, recently in a certain group where, uh, there's been a lot of finger pointing, uh, at different members of this group for, for decisions made and quite frankly, mistakes on both ends. And people have rallied to each banner. Um, I think the, the people who will end up finding the most solace and peace in Jesus Christ is those who learn to forgive for each other for the offenses. And sometimes those offenses can be really dramatic. Uh, you know, you were talking, you know, character assassination, false witnesses of what you may or may not have done, ruining your reputation, you know, of who you want to be. Um, who you think you are to a vast amount of people. Uh, this Christ endured this as well. He was the son of God, and yet he had to bear unjustly being called a devil, the son of devils, being decried as being the exact opposite of who he was. He had to endure all of that. And then the physical uh, abuse which is another step, another level of hurt, another level of pain. Uh, he had to endure all that, and yet he asked Father, he pled for their salvation before the Father, knowing that full understanding wasn't there. So the, the admonition moving forward for each of us is to be forgiving of each other. And that is so much easier to say than it is to do. Um, I've taken part in uh, in blessings where beforehand the person who would be officiating the, fesh, the blessing uh, asked everyone involved if they would make a list of all persons that they can think of, at least five, if not more, who they still harbor resentment for or they haven't forgiven, who they feel some sort of ache or pain towards. Once you had that list, you would go down the list and have, you know, have you take that person in your mind's eye at the very least and say, I love you. I forgive you. Please forgive me. Go down the list. And then always at the very end, uh, have somebody, have 
the person, you know, the people participating add themselves. All right. Um, this, uh, this kind of, uh, process is, it's really cleansing and healing. It can also be very difficult to do when put full intent behind it. Forgiving, uh, each other. I, I have witnessed miracles of seeing people forgive each other. And I see the savior's love and grace every time that process is enacted when two people who have been at odds or a group of people who have been at odds with each other finally bend and in true humility to Christ ask for forgiveness and express forgiveness for each other. And I see how it it knits hearts together. It forges bonds of love that uh, are stronger than the hate that was there before. Uh, in case anyone listening thinks that I'm preaching from a high horse or anything on that matter, uh, I'm not. I am just as guilty of, of this as anybody. In fact, oftentimes when I've done that process, there's quite a few names that keep reappearing. And every time I think I've, I've finally forgiven them of, of the, the hurt that I felt and it still resurfaces because I'm human and it, there is an aspect of, of being wronged that claws deep down inside of you and, and wants to hold on to that, that poison and that anger and that righteous indignation. Um, sometimes all you can do is turn it over to Christ and have him pray for him to change your heart on any given situation when it comes to this. I testify that this is the higher law and the harder law. I give my witness that it is, it is a valuable tool. And I would say even necessary tool in the steps of ascension and receiving the baptism of fire and the Holy ghost and entering into the rest of the Lord. Uh, these things are required and to, to continue progressing past that. But he is powerful enough to change your heart. He is powerful enough to help you do that. The heavenly father, and Jesus Christ are, are so loving and caring and so forgiving that they help you in the process of forgiving others. And with that, I ask us all to seek his face continually and say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.